0: My mom wasn't really around when I was a kid at that time. I just don't feel like I fit in, in that family. So I actually decided to run away at one point.
1: Did they call the police looking for you?
0: No. Oh my God, I don't want to tear up. But you know what I mean?
1: Why do you think most relationships fail? I've known you what feels like half of my life. That's pretty long. I want to know what would a six-year-old version of Chrissy say to me about growing up in the Philippines?
0: Okay, well, first of all, I would probably say just to follow your heart and follow your gut because I didn't think what I'm doing right now was going to be possible. I didn't think that it was going to be part of my life. When I was six years old, I remember that my parents separated in front of my face crazy enough that I actually had dream about it the day before they got separated in front of my eyes pretty insane and I have five sisters I'm the youngest think about that I'm just exploring on an adventure trying to figure out about life and trying to survive as much as I can I remember with my auntie she used to sell sunglasses in the middle of the street somewhere and I'm always wondering like what is she doing what is she selling I love fashion fashion has always been my go-to like it just makes me feel safe it makes me feel like myself whenever I'm around it so obviously me being a kid don't have any toys I remember just you know what I want to be like my auntie she was definitely my inspiration because I want to just be able to make money <laughs> you know I just want to be able to buy toys and clothes because think about it. I've, five sisters all of their clothes got transferred to me so I'm wearing baggy clothes most of the time I have two sisters back in the day that was lesbians so they have baggy clothes tommy jeans Gap, old navy everything And they just transferred to me and I don't complain about it but my friends <laughs> I remember every time I'm out with my friends they always just make fun of me because I didn't have nothing to offer to them the only thing i can do is like yo you need some friend i'm here next to you but if you want to play let's go ahead and play but other than that i can afford anything especially where i came from i came from i wouldn't say super poor i have family members that was in the u.s that was helping us sending money to the philippines so that they can help us so we can pay bills and afford some food but I remember growing up my dad wasn't around me a lot he would come by every three months here and there and just sending me money but back then that 500 pesos was literally ten dollars and hopefully that can help me survive for another three months when I see him so yeah I would say growing up I didn't have my dad around me but he's still around I'm grateful and blessed that he's still around that's something that I definitely need to fix on
1: my own you mentioned that you grew up a lot around women and i heard you mention your auntie and i didn't really hear you mention your mom where was she during all of this and how was it growing around all these other women were they the ones taking care of you or were you just so independent at a young age
0: i would say that my mom was definitely my hero She is my inspiration and why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. I want to be able to take care of my parents, my family. And when I say, like, she's my motivation, she's my inspiration, you know, I don't hate my mom, right? But I'm observing, and I also don't want to become like her just because of my mom and my dad separating. That was, like, the big issue for me. Like, growing up, I didn't have no one. No one's telling me what to do how to say thank you, how to say how are you or good morning to anyone. I have to learn that when I met you. Mm. So I would say my sisters were definitely the one that was babysitting me most of the time. And let me tell you, before I left to go to the U.S., I was babysitting my nieces. It was definitely hard. It was not easy because... That was my hope. That was like, oh my God, I have little sisters. That was, it feels so good that I have little sisters. But, and that was also the chance that I'm actually able to have my toys because they have toys.
1: That must be bittersweet growing up in a community and not having friends, but you have family that you can call your friends at the same time. You said you had toys, but you were poor. What were some of those toys that you were playing with?
0: Okay, Well, if you guys don't know about this, in the Philippines, we have this called paper dolls. And it's basically dolls that you cannot afford. And it's just a little piece of paper, and you just cut it out and add some dresses on it and some shoes, and you make it your own. Obviously, that was my biggest thing. I was like, you know what? All of my friends have Barbie dolls. They have Sailor Moons. They have everything. And all I have is this little piece of paper and I have to make it work. And I remember I was just super, super creative and I want to do something. I w- always wanted to have a little sister that I can like just be able to play around with. But obviously I'm the youngest one. So what I did when I was a kid is, you know what? F this. <laughs> I want to be able to afford this. I want to get my own clothes and my own paper dolls or buy my own toys. So what I did is, there's this place in the Philippines. If you know, you know, but it's called Palenque. It's this little market. You basically just buy your own food there whenever you get a chance. But I would literally show up in front of them and ask them, hey, you need an assistant? Just give me a tip. Like at the end of the day, like, I know you're tired right now, just give me some tip. And I remember passing by my sisters back to back. Because in the Philippines, we don't have a car. You're just walking. They're all like, what are you doing here? Why are you all the way down here? Like, you're supposed to be home. I don't want to stay home. Knowing me.
1: Wait a minute. As a six-year-old kid, you were walking miles by yourself?
0: Yeah. I would say so.
1: If that's not being independent, I don't know what is.
0: I just want to be able to have my own toys and my own clothes. And I was tired of wearing baggy clothes at that time. I just want to buy everything. So yeah, my mom wasn't really around when I was a kid at that time because she was with her boyfriend. So literally it's just my sisters that was helping me and providing for me.
1: The fact that you can remember that at such a young age is very admirable because all I can remember doing is being at my grandma's house, watching TV. So to see that difference of how you grew up versus how I grew up in America is, is a stark realization because here I am watching TV and here you are trying to figure out life and have your own type of freedom without any resources. And that's something that I definitely took for granted growing up, but now I'm extremely grateful, and I have a profound amount of perspective and gratitude for the life that I was given. Here we are, sitting today, having a podcast. You're no longer in the Philippines. So what was that transition like, being petitioned from the Philippines and knowing that you have a potential to move to America?
0: Well, when I moved to the U.S., I was seven, eight years old, I believe. And it was not easy for me. First of all, my first language is not English. It was Tagalog. And I have to learn how to speak English even though, you know, Filipinos are known to have English in their vocabulary. Mm-hmm. But still, like, I was definitely having a hard time. because Think about it, I'm young. Like, you want me to be in college already trying to figure out how to speak English? And People around me are not speaking English, so how could I? And back in the day, there's no TV for me to even watch to get inspired to want to speak English. So when I came here, I just want to give a big shout-out to my auntie, my family, and my grandma, especially my Tita Seni. Tita Seni is the person that got us here. She married someone that was in the military, and because of that, she was able to petition my grandpa. My grandpa for my grandpa my grandpa was able to petition my aunties and the last person cuz my my grandpa he had about 6 kids too wow
1: that's a lot <laughs>
0: yeah and you know it was hard we were the last one to get here just because my mom has like 5 kids and so when we were the last one when i got here i don't know what to do i was I remember I was crying on the plane, just thinking about all of my nieces and my friends. And, like, it's a big, big impact in me. Like, it's a big... You don't understand how that feels of, like, yo, you're leaving your home, your hometown, your motherland. It's being ripped off away from you. And you're going to have to learn how American, you know, how they... they speak and how they eat and how they do things or how they act so I have to learn the whole entire thing again all over again so when I came here you know my tita dong was there for me we stayed at our house for a few months and yeah all of a sudden we got our own place my sister ended up getting their own apartment and we decided to just separate if you guys didn't know I have two sisters here and I'm the youngest one so it's definitely the middle child that's here with me. The oldest, they're in the Philippines. And the main reason why they can't be here is because by the time that my mom or my grandpa petitioned them, they were already over 21 already, so they can't come here. And one of them is already married. The only way that they can come here is if they get petitioned, which I'm so lucky that my dad's here now because my dad was able to petition two of them. One of them, she's still married, so... The only way that she can come here is if she get a visa.
1: And this is you at seven. You had a very good memory of your childhood. Do you ever recall you feeling sad that your sisters weren't coming? Or did you ever ask your mom, hey, were are our sisters, my nieces, and my cousins, and my dad, are they not coming with us?
0: It wasn't really a big, you know, thing for me to even like cry over my sisters. Cause again, like I was always out and about. And the only thing I remember about them is I have to babysit. And I was like, when I was a kid, I'm like, do I really want to babysit your kids? Why are you over here relaxing, you know, sleeping, doing dishes, cleaning the house? No, of course
1: not. No kid wants (laughs) to do that. (laughs) But
0: definitely I was thinking about my nieces for sure.
1: Going through the school system, were you bullied at all for the clothes that you were wearing? What what was that like? Because I know that going to school, my mom was like, I don't want to send my son to school with mismatched shoes or clothes that don't fit or don't represent his gender because she was teased on those things. So she was born in America, but my grandma was born in the Philippines. So at the time, she was growing up and kind of living this halfway life of Being Filipino, but also being American and navigating that. And I feel like that's what a lot of people, now that I'm older, growing up, a lot of Filipinos have a hard time grasping what their culture means because it's a whole new meaning once you're in America. Like you said, Bess, it's basically being ripped away from you.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, let me me say this. The very first thing that I ate when I got here was Hot Cheetos.
1: Was that your first time ever having hot Cheetos?
0: Yes. I remembered I was in the car in the backseat all the way. And I was like, oh, I'm so hungry. It was at nighttime. I actually came here on Valentine's Day, yo. Isn't that crazy? I was heartbroken. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't in love just yet. But yeah, well, you know, thank God I have my aunties. Just want to give a big shout out to my tita Kati for helping me get to school. She educated me and helped me out, telling me what school should I go to. Actually, I ended up going to her house, slept over there for a few months until I decided to leave because I definitely had anxiety being in that house. I'm not going to lie, being in her house made me feel a little jealous because her family was, like, complete. And all I think about was my mom and my dad. I'm like, damn, I wish that I had parents like them. They're so protective and caring and financially there for them and mentally and physically, emotionally there for them. And it was kind of like, yo, why am I here? I don't feel welcome here. You know, even though they took me and decided to have me, I just don't feel like I fit in in that family. So I actually decided to run away at one point when I was... So when I was in school, I remember I would take the school bus with my cousins and heading back home, I was like, I just decided, I was like, you know what? I'm not used to this lifestyle. I'm always out and about. I can figure out where I go. So I like every day I would just memorize where I'm going and I'm like, you know what? I think it's time. Keep in mind, I don't have a cell phone. <laughs> I was very young when I came here. I was in the elementary and I remember I was like, you know what? I'm gonna walk instead and just find my way back somehow. And hopefully no one looks for me. I didn't know there was 911 or people would call cops on you.
1: Did they call the police looking for you? No. (laughs) Wait a minute, how old were you at this time?
0: So, you know, I was in elementary school. I was in fifth grade, yeah and I remember I came back home like around 8 p.m and they were trying to figure out where she was at and keep in mind their house was pretty far away it's up in the hill you have to walk I have to walk down this trail and thank god I remember and you know I was just walking and the main reason why I decided to just run away and I don't think they know this story it seems like I just did something at school but To be honest, I just didn't want to be in the school bus with my cousin just because I felt like I didn't fit in in that family. And I remember me and my cousin Jasmine, we would have a little sleepover in her closet and turn it into a little Barbie doll toys house. And that's basically where I remember crying or in the bathroom. I would just cry and they don't know what's going on. You know me. You don't see me cry unless I'm talking to you, but you know that most of the time I cry in the bathroom or in the closet or somewhere that you don't know. But that's basically me when I was a kid. I just didn't know how to express my feelings and I didn't know how to navigate my life because I'm still trying to figure out how I have to adapt in this beautiful family and how mm. I have to become them at some point, As somehow, like I just don't know how I'm going to be like them. And trying to speak English in front of my cousins, and they don't know how to speak the dialogue, so it was pretty crazy. And thank God I have them, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now if it wasn't for them. And after that, I just moved back to my mom. My mom has a gambling problem, unfortunately. So now I understand why, though. I understand why she has these problems because I was able to have this conversation with her and ask her, like, yo, why are you like this, you know? but it's a long story.
1: You mentioned that you were in, to some kids, one of the happiest places, which is a Barbie dream house or some type of dollhouse, and you're crying. And I'm sure a lot of kids growing up have this where they don't want to cry in front of people because nobody accepts them or wants to listen to even know what's going on in their head. What would you say to other kids, specifically immigrants who have to have that transition and have their culture ripped away from them if they're going through hard times right now, thinking that nobody's there for them?
0: Honestly, I would say it's just to stay creative and have fun. I know it's hard, but at the same time, you can't be doing drugs. You didn't just go from the Philippines to the U.S. so you can disappoint your family. I didn't come here. And say, you know what, my family does not care about me, doesn't know who I am. I'm just going to go in and do drugs, you know. My thing is, for me, I just want to prove them wrong. I need to figure out how to do it somehow. And I remember when I was a kid, again, like, I was very independent, trying to figure out how to navigate life with or without my parents or my family there. I know that this is my life. I have to make my own story and have my own experience with life. But, you know, you just got to work with what you got. You got to you gotta keep believing and have that strong mental health. Without that, I don't know. I don't know how people would do it. Thank gotta have God, you know, by my side. God was definitely the only one that I can rely on.
1: So you're like me. You grew up in an era where technology, the internet was introduced to us. I know that you mentioned creativity helped you get out of there. For me, being on Tumblr, MySpace, it allowed me to connect with anybody and everybody in the world, no matter if it was about anime, if it's about sports. I had somebody who I kind of really didn't even know if they were a real person or not Mm -hmm. be there for me. How did those early days of the internet help shape your creativity and... What were those days like for you?
0: I love this question a lot because I didn't think that I was going to love computers. I have tons of pictures of me just being on my computer looking so emo because I was so addicted to be on a computer just trying to figure out what is life behind this right now, behind the screen. Like, what? You know, like, think about it. I remember in school, I'm sure you remember this in middle school. We have... Computer in class, and I would sneak in there, and literally play anything: solitaire, Photoshop, anything I can think of.
1: Notepads, RuneScape. And the internet was controlled; like
0: you have to have a password somehow. Mm.
1: And then I VPN blockers.
0: Exactly. And then MySpace came around. That's when I was like, yo, this is crazy. You can have your own music, talk to people, have friends. And I feel like having internet in general or just having social me- media in general, it made me feel seen. It made me feel like, yo, I'm not alone doing this. There's actual people out there that are just like me that are feeling the same that I'm feeling right now. They're experiencing life with me right now. So. It was definitely a wake up call. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. I don't have friends in real life, but I have friends on the internet. So that was really, really amazing. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna somehow try to make money, you know? So what I did back in the day is sell MySpace layout in school, $5, you wanna make make your own layout? Don't know how I did it, but just know I Googled everything. How (laughs) to make- a
1: solid hustle.
0: How to make codes on images. You know, and I we still have Photoshop at that time. And I was like, kind of just doodling. Like, again, like, creativity was all around me. And I feel like that was the only thing that was, like, making me move, making me feel alive.
1: How did you learn how to code on MySpace? Was this something? Because YouTube really wasn't a thing. And I'm almost wondering how any of us learn how to do coding on MySpace because there was very limited tutorials.
0: Just Google it. Google was my main source at that time. And you know, you, you just have to read it. There's no videos, but you, there's introduction and how you can do it step by step and what image images, you know, what codes they are, or like there's different kind of CTRL or HTML and
1: so did you have code. internet first at school or at home? Because for me, I would have to go to my cousin's house to use her computer. So I think that's where the disconnect of searching on Google, because a Google search wasn't a thing for me until way later on that I was like, oh, I should be using this as a tool to learn.
0: Well, my sister got a laptop. <laughs> I remember that. And I remember just I mean, at this time, there was there was my space. I would say there was my space, but I love music. I would always watch MTV, BT, And I was like, I want to be able to learn how to see <laughs> the songs because I have no idea. So I would, like, just Google and search, what's the lyrics of My Boo by Usher? And I would literally write it because there's no, we don't have a printer. So I would, like, start it when we open. Oh. So I just copy and paste everything and just write it down. So
1: you would write down the lyrics to every song every you had a journal? You just go through them? Yeah, and, and I never remember being
0: scammed. Click here, click here. Yeah, I just kept <laughs> clicking until I win something, but I never win.
1: Did your sister's computer ever get a virus? Yes,
0: many times. Yes, you don't understand. And they're like wondering like, hey, we got virus. I'm like, I didn't do anything.
1: So outside of coding, there's a lot of, taking pictures on MySpace and Tumblr. There was a lot of aesthetics. We didn't really have smartphones, but did you have a camera growing up? I stole my sister's camera. Oh, What kind of camera did she have? I don't know. So like I a DSLR remember. or a point and shoot?
0: I don't know. But it was a camera. All I remember, there was a screen. I could take pictures, and I'm like, boom, da-da. I was Kim K back then. I was taking pictures, taking selfies back to back. And I feel like that's when I started to feel like I have a passion for photography. I didn't think I was going to be a photographer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you said Kim K. That takes me back because for those that don't know, Chrissy and I actually met on MySpace. It was the original slide in the DM. And if we're talking about Kim K, we're talking about T's hairs, big belts, pleather bags, rompers I feel like a lot of people have wondered how did you guys meet and we go on this long rant so I'm curious to hear from your perspective because Chrissy always says that there's the guy's version and then there's woman's version it's like guy math and girl math so when I've learned to tell the story with more passion but I'm here with Chrissy and she can tell it with her passion I can
0: tell you with my emotion. See, it's these mm. two different things. You're passionate about talking about it, but emotion speaks louder than action and passion.
1: Okay. Cheers That's to some that. free game right there for you.
0: Well, oh, I hate talking about this, but we're going to go ahead and do it anyways, okay? You have to watch this video, this podcast first in order for you to know the story. I'm only going to say this one time because I'm tired of explaining but I do enjoy Now we can give people
1: them. a QR code. Look, here's how we met.
0: Okay, well, before I met you, I remember I was dating this guy. See, I told you. There's got to be a behind the scene of how I met you, right? So I hate the fact that I have to bring up my ex all the time. Every
1: good love story has a heartbreak. So
0: I met this guy. Obviously, he moved from Daly City, from the Bay to Reno. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so hyped. And I remember when I was on MySpace, all of my friends are from California. And think about it. I'm from Reno, Nevada. Small town. There is nothing out there. Everyone knows each other. You see what I mean? There's emotion there. You see how you're laughing right now?
1: It's a good story. Yeah.
0: So I would always come down to Circus Circus in downtown. Small town, Reno. And I would literally just wait there and wait for like, oh, I know that person. They're from California. They're from San Francisco. Oh, she's they're from Richmond oh my god I don't even know where Richmond is at like I'm just like oh my god they're from Cali for, for some reason I was just so I don't know I just feel like California has better style than Reno Reno just eh, their style is just completely dry and that's one of the main reasons why I didn't move because I'm just like yo everything is it's just so complacent here everything is just just straight line like Nothing is moving
1: up. So at what point did you meet Dante?
0: Hold on, hold on. You got to you got to hear this story.
1: Okay. okay, I'm
0: sorry. So I met this guy and I'm not going to say his name, but baited him. Somehow, I don't know how we were able to know each other. I think it was through my space for sure. Finally hung out. I became you don't understand what I went through with this guy, okay? I was talking to this guy for four months. We called each other, babe, went to the movies, you know, go to the park, do all that stuff. And... Wait, so did you pay for the movies
1: or did he pay for the movies? Hold on, hold on.
0: I was working on the weekend. I was working at Quiznos. That was my first job, yo. That's crazy. And you know how I got that job? My sister. She was a manager there. Anyways... Yeah, so on the weekend, I would work and whatever money I make, so when I'm like, yo, let's go out to the movies, I would pay for everything. And we don't have cars. So at that time, we were just, I was taking a bus to go see him. And, you know, it was starting to get serious, started making out, all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, we went to go watch a movie. I picked him up from his house, by the way. Went to the movie, paid for the ticket. Are you sweating over there?
1: It's getting <laughs> hot over here.
0: And basically, he just said, "Hey, just want to let you know you don't have to call me baby anymore." And I was like, "Yo, what, what, whoa, what?" I thought we were like getting serious. We started to say, "I love you to each other." Da, da, da. Anyways, I was heartbroken, so that's the whole point. And I remember I unfriended you on MySpace because of him because he was like, "Ooh, who you, you know, who are you following here? Who do you have here as a friend?" And again, I was just following whoever's from freaking San Francisco. Cause they have better style and (laughs) I love Hypebeast. And back in the day, Dante was a Hypebeast for sure. I was. And from there I was on YouTube and I was just exploring and I saw this guy, beatboxer. I was like, oh, this guy can beatbox. And I went to your profile and I was like, yo, I think I know you. Search you on MySpace. I'm like, yo, oops. (laughs) Did I just unfriend him? So at that time I wasn't looking, but I was like, oh, this guy, this guy for sure got these Okay, let <laughs> me know. You know how to beatbox? And come to find out, I added you on MySpace. And
1: again, Wait, you added me or I added you? You this-
0: added me because you add me, and they unfriend you, and so I added you back because I saw you on YouTube.
1: Uh, you get it oh now i remember that i was juiced i saw her in my notifications i said okay okay anyways
0: i had the best myspace layout and i feel like that's one of the main reason why i caught your attention somehow you accepted me you know me i love taking pictures i love taking selfies i have this little camera that i got from my sister that i stole and I broke it by the way took a picture i have the susie shirts and this little booty shorts and I was like, oh, you know, I'm a little hypest girl. Let me go ahead and post this online. <laughs> post it online. Everyone was like, oh, my God, you're so pretty. I love your style. You got some dope style. And then this guy went on my comment section and said, you ate. Not all right. You eyed Like from the bay. <laughs> you eyed.' So obviously, I'm like, oh, here we go. This guy's trying to play it. So I'm like, oh, thanks for the compliment. And this guy has his profile as, you know, your top friends, you can hide it. In the comments, you can hide it. I was able to figure out how to stalk you. And I was seeing to see who you were talking to. I'm like, oh, damn, there's so many girls up in the line. Like, what's going on? But, you know, at that time, I was like, you know, what? I just want to focus in school. I want to be able to graduate. I just do my own thing. I wasn't planning on, like, trying to hit on you or anything. I just thought, like, oh, you I. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's styling you so I saw your profile I was like you breakdance this is dope and back in the day yo if you don't know I used to dance I used to breakdance I'm not like a pro like him but I know some steps
1: alright so if I wasn't attractive to you would you have taken that offensive you alright
0: I think that was I didn't think of anything at all I just thought that I want to be able to reply back to everyone and keep them as my friends. You know, back in the day that was the way we were able to engage with people. True. Yeah, so and I wanted to feel seen. I wanted to feel like I'm freaking diva <laughs> <laughs> at that time. But yeah, when I you yeah, know, we started talking and then this guy somehow wanted to just go crazy and start talking to me and he found me on aim. We exchange aim. And I was always unavailable. When I say unavailable, I'm online, but you can't see me. It's hidden. It it will just say unavailable or she's busy.
1: Always. And for those that don't know what aim is, picture your iMessage. This was text message before unlimited text message. Or you could think of it as like your DM, but on a separate app for just chatting. And you can put if you're available or unavailable, but you could also go ghost on there. So every time I would get off of school, I'd be like, oh, let me see if Chrissy's on. Nope, she's not on. Every day for at least a week straight, I would check. And I I just said, you know what? Let me at least just try and send her a message and see what happens. So I sent her a message. And your initial response before even replying was something like, how does this guy even know that I'm online right now?
0: Yeah, I'm like, yo, maybe this is the universe really trying to like, get us together but I didn't think that we were gonna be this serious at all because at that time Dante was actually talking to someone when we started taking our life seriously and our relationship seriously
1: mind you Chrissy and I live a three to four hour drive away from each other and I'm 17 years old with no car and she had no car
0: yeah, and keep in mind. Okay, again, I came from a place where we're very poor, so my my cell phone that I had was a Metro phone. So there is a limit on that. Like, well, like, How do you call that? Like, it's different now. It's
1: almost like you have like an amount of load that you put onto the phone because it's a prepaid phone. Yeah, Metro is not like Verizon or AT and T or Singular at that time, where you could buy data, text message, and call plans at Act. that time they charge you for minutes it was not unlimited talk yeah. it was not unlimited text and it definitely was not internet on our phones yeah
0: so i would put loads in there like 30 dollars whenever i get a chance and yeah use it and talk to you somehow i have no internet like him i didn't have a sidekick or was that corolla phone right the little flip phone. Oh, the Motorola phone. Yeah.
1: She said a whole Toyota Corolla phone. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, but. All right, so how, how did we end up with you coming to the Bay or us even linking up? Whew.
0: This drink is keeping me warm, by the way. Okay, well, when I came to the U.S., I was moving around different places from my aunt to my different aunt to my mom, to my sisters, to my other sisters, my cousins. And I didn't have nowhere to go again. Like my whole life, I feel like I would just keep moving and grooving. And I think like that is the most magical thing for me. I feel like I don't ever stay in one spot. It makes me just always on a adventure. And that's why I feel like I love being outside most of the time, you know that, when I'm home for too long, I'm like losing my mind, but yeah, when I was in Reno, my my life there was very toxic, just because my family weren't really getting together, or getting along together at all, so they would always fight, somehow people get jealous, and talk shit about each other and finding out what this what they said so i remember my cousin J mark J mark if you're listening to this this is my favorite part i stayed at their house and J mark was the only cousin that i have that i was like able to be myself and i was able to speak Tagalog and he will teach me how to speak english he you know he introduced me to like playstation xbox and all this video games and introduced me to jordans and like streetwear and i remember you know that style now with like the baggy shorts all the way down to your kneecap yep that's basically his style back then i remember like his favorite you know brand was echo red and south pole so i definitely got some inspiration from him too so You know, obviously I couldn't stay a little bit longer there just because there was like a family drama too, which I don't want to talk about because my my family's going to hate me for this. But long story short, I was moving around different places and I just ended up being with my sister and my sister just had a kid at that time and her name is Ma'an. I love you, Ma'an. If you're listening to this right now, I don't hate you, (laughs) but... There was an incident that happened in the house where I was using the bathroom. Keep in mind, we're staying in an apartment, two bedroom, one bathroom. And my mom was there because at that time, my mom couldn't afford to get her own place. She got evicted and ended up staying at my my sister's house. So I would share a room with my mom that time. And I remember just taking a shower and I got my music on. And all I hear is a, big bang on the door open the fucking door like like that it was very very toxic and long sore shirt like that was like a long just feeling so negative in that house that I just had to find a way to get out somehow um obviously if it wasn't for that and that was the time that we were already talking I would say we were official already right
1: We were already boyfriend and girlfriend at that point.
0: And I remember that was like after high school. So I'm like, yo, what is happening? All of my friends are going away for college and people are going on vacation. And all of my friends excuse was, you can't stay at my house. I don't think my parents would let me. And I understand. And I have one friend, her name is Kathy. Her house was like, I would say, it, it was long, it was far away. It took me about like five to six hours to get to her. But anyways, the main reason why I went to her house because I needed to borrow some money and I didn't have no money at all. So I decided to go to her house, walk to her house. Somehow I just screenshot everything that I have on my, my iTouch at that time. And went to her house. She gave me $50, took the train to go see you. And I only have one guy friend. His name is JR at that time. And you were like, no, I don't want you to stay with him. What if he's trying to get, you know, trying to hit up on you? Like, why don't you just stay here and in San Francisco and so figure it out. And I'm like, holy snap, this is really happening. Like this is a dream come true. I'm going to the bay. Like it's serious. It's like, whoa, this is crazy. And the fact that your parents didn't even know about the situation is insane. They just found out recently though.
1: I know her story is long, but I'm just going to reverse a little bit. The only part that you miss was when we actually first met met up. She came out to the Bay prior to this happening. And it was like a scene in a movie. I'm texting her. She's like, hey, in the Bay, we have this thing called BART. It's like New York subway. It's like the L.A. metro. And there's stops. So I'm standing at the one that's in Hayward. And I'm like, hey, is your train coming up? She's like, yeah, we just left the North Hayward station. We're pulling up to South Hayward now. I said, okay, perfect. Which train are you on? She said, we're all the way in the back. When you come in, just look for me. And I remember I picked the right train. I saw them pass by really quickly as a blur. Doors opened up, felt like slow motion. I walk in there. There's nobody in the train but three people, and they're sitting in the middle. It's two of Chrissy's friends and Chrissy on the right-hand side, and her back is towards me. So as I'm walking up, I see all of her friends like giggling like hee hee he, hee hee hee. And I walk up. I don't even remember what I said to you.
0: I think we just hugged each other. I said, "We can't. I can't believe this. This is crazy that we're literally talking about this because when I met Dante at this time, I remember having a little something on my teeth. Like it was chipped. Chipped for sure.
1: Mind you, this is,
0: we started insane. talking
1: in 2010. We hadn't seen each other until 2011 for yeah. the first time. So by the time that fast forwarding back to where you left off, where she ended up leaving Reno to come hey, to the bay. Let me
0: correct you there. We've been talking since 2009. Okay. I
1: was just and saying. And then when 2010
0: official, when we got together. I
1: was just saying. It was official. like the end. So technically we've known each other for 14 years then. See, so almost half of yeah. my life. Isn't that crazy? The power of the internet.
0: Yeah, it was crazy because I'm like, I don't know how to smile. Like, I'm so embarrassed. Like, you know, I don't think I ever mentioned that my, like, it literally just happened before I moved or left Reno. So I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to mention this, but hey. (laughs) But it was definitely one of my biggest insecurities. I wanted to fix my teeth again. I came from a poor place, so my parents, I mean, my family didn't really recognize that my teeth were... (laughs) jacked up at that time so that's why i got this beautiful smile now i'm so happy about it
1: so we meet you come to live with me in the bay and this is really struggling for me because christy was already out of high school i'm still a senior and i'm struggling at this point my grades are d's and f's with like two a's in foods and art classes oh and then pe of course i had like three a's But everything else was a D and an F. And because I was coming from a Catholic middle school to a public high school, they thought it'd be a great idea to put Dante in geometry and skip algebra A and B. And to skip science, to go straight to biology and chemistry. And I failed chemistry three times. I failed geometry three times. They put me in advanced Spanish because I've been doing Spanish since fourth grade. Failed that. So I was missing a lot of credits. Not only did Chrissy come to the Bay and I said, I can help take care of you because she had friends that she could stay with. So I thought that that would be okay. But I had a Filipino mother who was grilling me and was like, hey, you need to get a good education. Go to college. You better not get any girls pregnant,
0: which I respect, by the way. I respect it, too.
1: how I would love to raise my kids. Mind you, they had no idea that Chrissy was in the Bay.
0: I was homeless for two years. You want to know what true love looks like?
1: I can say this now because my parents won't get mad, but my parents had three cars at the time, one of which was a suburban, a long truck. I had no license, no priors of me driving or anything, but for the power of love, I said, who's picking you up from the train station? Because she was taking the Amtrak. The Amtrak station that she went to was not in Hayward. It was in Berkeley, Emeryville to be exact, which is about a 30 to 40 minute drive. So I hopped in there with my homie. We go pick her seat up. Somehow we were able to get back before my parents got home. And I had to ask my friend to park the car in the driveway because I was scared of driving the truck back into the garage door. I said, we have to get this perfect, okay? To the emergency brake, to the way the wheels are turned, the mirrors folded in.
0: That's real love.
1: That's real love. Thank you, baby. Sorry, mom and dad. But hey, AAA <laughs> insurance, right? <laughs> Don't try this at home.
0: That was crazy. Now looking back, it's insane that just being able to see me transform into this beautiful woman I am now, which I am so happy where I'm at now in life. I feel like I'm healed and I feel like I'm glowing, which I feel like I deserve with everything that I went through from transitioning from the Philippines to here to broken family to toxic friends and family and no one see me and hear me out no one understand exactly how i am as a person no one really did their homework you know what i'm saying so but me yeah i mean it's crazy when i met you i'm not gonna lie to you i definitely got inspired by your family seeing your family how close they were being with you for many years that i stayed with your your family it made me realize that yo life is too short to even like have this anger inside me and not forgive my parents or my family or whatever happened to me and why I became homeless. If anything, I should thank myself. I should thank them for helping me get through that because it made me the person I am now and I forgave them. I have to forgive myself in order for me to move on and be where I'm at now in life. So it was a big, big risk. But I don't regret any of it. Because of that, I'm able to just get back in it and talk to my family again like nothing happened. I told them I was homeless for two years. And obviously, they were crying. They were like, why did you do that? Why didn't you just come back? I said, why do I want to go back when I have everything here? Someone who understands me and loves me. Oh, my God. I don't want to tear up. But you know what I mean? this is real podcast, I can't do that right now. But yeah, I was like, you know what? No one understands me. Even my friends don't even know how I am as a person. And I feel like surprisingly, I got along with Aquarius. Wow, it's not on my chart, but surprisingly, he was able to go.
1: Please let people know, what were some of the things that I did as a young bud?
0: <sighs> well, I don't know if, if it's every Aquarius, but I know you. Like you were just there listening to my story and helping me and providing for me. That was the biggest thing. Like, this is why I feel like, why would I want to cheat on you, trying to break your heart, trying to hurt you for a reason? That wasn't my goal to be with you. My my, my goal to be with you is I want to have a strong foundation. Again, my parents were separated. My sisters have boyfriends. They're not married. They have kids at a young age. And there were my motivation to not want to do the same path and the same blend that they were in. Because growing up I started to see how stressed they were, like how poor they were and financially, just emotionally, like they couldn't take it. And for me, I don't think I'm able to do it. But I am now. I'm definitely definitely in that age of like, you know what? I'm able to financially, emotionally do it because I am healed. I am financially okay. And I'm in my healthiest version of myself right now. So back then for sure, like, <laughs> I don't know. The only no, the only thing that I know how to do is change the diaper, try to feed you, get you in the shower. I don't even know how to get cut.
1: Get in the shower? No, I'm
0: talking oh. about babies. You know what I'm talking about? Like, if we're talking about babies, I know how to nurture a baby because, I came from a place where I had to take care of them and obviously not breastfeed them. (laughs) But yeah, I damn near took care of all my nieces and nephews. We've
1: been together for a very long time. And people always ask, how do you make that relationship work? I don't understand. I wish I could be in a relationship that long. And ours was a long distance relationship. We were high school lovers. There's so many factors that people would say, that will never work out especially our parents, you know, you're chasing young love and they've been through this already. So they know that our hearts can get broken easily. What do you think some of the
0: tips and advice
1: components to making a long distance relationship work? Even if it's in today's age,
0: I would say, just listen to yourself. Do not try to bring it to your family or friends or ask for any advice and learn how to listen You can give them advice as much as you want. You can try to understand them. But if you don't listen, then it's not going to work. And also sacrifice, I feel like the biggest thing. I can't believe you sacrificed so many years for me. It's crazy. I mean, we both sacrifice for each other.
1: Definitely. I think a lot of people, whether they're young or old, they have these crazy expectations on people. And they have these red flags And I'm sure we've both expressed red flags with each other many times over and over again, but never was it to the point of cheating or anything of that extreme. How do you feel like somebody could just forgive somebody or overlook that? Because it's easy to say, I promise you I won't do it again, or I promise you I'll try and change, but your version of, or the speed at pace at which you want me to change might not be what I'm actually capable and ready for. So do you think that people have to have a level of sacrifice?
0: Well, when I met you, I was definitely broken. And you know what they said, like get in a relationship when you're healed. That's a lie. You got to get into the relationship when you can. And if someone understands you, even if you're broken or not, like if you're a healed version of yourself, I feel like that is just the society telling you you have to be healed in order for you to get into relationship no be heartbroken feel that it's okay to feel heartbroken it's okay if you don't know how to express your emotion it's okay if you don't know how to figure it out that's what relationship and what life is about you really just have to figure it out and just follow your gut and whatever is right for you it's not what the society is telling you you have to have kids when you're 25 years old have beautiful house and have your career all together and have you know what I'm saying? Like that's not how it is for me. For me I feel like I just listen to my gut and every time I listen to my own gut, I just like, yo, I'm ninety nine percent right most of the time. You know that.
1: To be I can fair, feel energy. You have a level of self awareness and maturity that most people that I come across don't possess those capabilities. So how do you get in that I'm so self-aware to follow my gut because a lot of people will second-guess their gut and not know, should I go left? Should I go right? And they'll just stay complacent (laughs) and just say, you know what? I'm done with this instead.
0: Well, I don't know if just a tourist thing, but one thing about us is we're very indecisive. So if you give me two options, I'm going to go back to back, left to right, trying to figure out which one, (laughs) which way I'm going to go. So I always try to look for the pros and cons, like which one outweigh this one you know what I'm saying so it's like for me I just you know I just want to be able to be happy I don't want to look for drama or negativity in my life just because I had that my whole entire life and I feel like me moving back to back different places the only thing that I was able to do is move around and not avoid it, but just like removing it out of my life because I know that I'm not meant to be there. And it's just teaching me lessons. And because of all those sacrifice and experience that I went through in my life, it made me very patient with myself. It made me see like, yo, people are crazy. You're not crazy. <laughs> but I'm not gonna sit here and say that our relationship was freaking perfect. Like we went through a lot of shit. Like when I say like jealousy, talking about we <laughs> had our own instagram together called donkey like dante and christy because we were i was so jealous and i'm like yo who you talking to Who your friend like you shouldn't have this why do you have to you know what i'm saying or why do you have them that's in your past so why you got to still follow them like you know i feel like my life the only reason why i was like really jealous at that time because i just want you the only person I'm like, I was so scared to lose you. I was like, damn, like, this is the only person I can trust and know my story and what I went through. And the last thing I want is to lose you over freaking Instagram. But I feel like it came to the point where you and I sat down and like, yo, you tell me how you feel about it. We went back and forth many times in a relationship. And I learned how to just like, you know what? If he loves me, he'll stay with me. If he's not, then leave. You know what I mean? I can't stop you. So, yeah, it taught me a lot to be patient. Because, again, why would I even try to force if God or the universe doesn't want me to be aligned with you at that time? But, yeah, I'm happy. I'm great.
1: Why do you think most relationships fail?
0: Ego selfishness they think that when they get into a relationship I just feel like they're in their own thing like they're living this single life when in reality it's a partnership you get in a relationship to partner up with someone to not only just explore your own emotion and your own experience in life you have to partner up with someone and explore it together and I feel like that is the most beautiful thing about us is that we're them, they're doing the same thing. And that's what I love about us. I don't take that for granted. Like, we're able to travel the world, just both of us, and being able to just accomplish so many goals, so many brandals that I don't regret at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though I'm, like, tired and, like, mentally exhausted, I'm just like, I just want to be with you because, like, that's my home. You're my home.
1: And I think a lot of relationships, they play it safe. They stay complacent and they're afraid to move alone and they're definitely afraid to move together because for us we were almost forced into adulthood at a very young age 17 18 years old moving into an apartment together looking for an apartment building credit paying taxes getting a job that's adulthood and the only thing that we didn't have was a dog or a child but we had friends who we were taking care of essentially or we would have them sleep over and We embraced entrepreneurship. We embraced doing the same things together. And for 13 years, we've been able to build together photography, videography, running businesses, figuring out how to work a nine to five job and both taking that leap to faith together to leave. And of course, like it's ups, downs for sure. A lot of downs. And, you know, there's a lot of ups. And I think that you really have to cherish those moments, both ups and downs, together and not look at it as oh well you should have been doing this or i should have been doing that because the moment you start to point fingers then it's not really a relationship anymore it's more of a, just you know an argument and it's funny that we say an argument because there's this quote that sticks with me that the best couples are the ones that can argue the best together and it has nothing to do with blaming people it's just about how do you communicate effectively to ultimately reach a middle ground and find solutions and just move on.
0: Yeah.
1: Most relationships, it gets to a point where, oh, there's a problem. What do we do? One person's going to be selfish or both are going to be selfish and then it usually ends with, I think we should take a break. You need to leave. I need to get out of here. I think we're done.
0: I think the answer to that is, honestly, if you're... If you're not ready for er to be in a relationship, just don't because you're you're not just there to just look at this beautiful teddy bear in front of you, but you're there to literally go through hell with this person. So if you're not ready for that, I think you should just not be in a relationship. But for us, different. Like we went through a lot, but we didn't judge each other. You know what I mean? If anything, like you're going through a lot of things, I'm going with you. You're not doing it alone. And having God by our side was like the most beautiful thing because I feel like every time we're going through a lot of things, even if we're not going through a lot of things, we're still praying, always thanking God for everything, you know?
1: You have to nurture yourself before you can even think that you can nurture others. Yeah. Because if you're not healed, if you're not fully accepted of the person that you are, how could you possibly accept somebody else for who they are?
0: Yeah. And you know what's crazy? Meeting Dante, I remember, I was like, oh, what's your dad, you know, and he would always tell me about the, the, his past and what happened to that. And I told him, I said, babe, you know, I'm able to forgive my family for everything that they did to me. I think it's it's your turn. You shouldn't be having this grudge about your dad or your parents separating. I think you should just accept it and just, you know, talk to him and forgive him. Because of that, I feel like you were able to to become a man that you are now.
1: Yeah, that was a huge band-aid that needed to be ripped off. And it's true. There's these subconscious things. And I almost see it when we talk about trauma. If you bring up the word trauma, people will laugh at it and think that it's a joke. But that just shows you that there is something that people don't want to face at the other end of that conversation. And it is okay, even if it's the most traumatic thing. I've talked to my mom, friends. And you have to just verbally say it out loud. And you have to learn how to forgive. If you don't, it's going to stick with you for the rest of your life. It's going to eat at your soul. And it's going to make you a very unappreciative, unhappy person. And the moment that you do do it, you really do feel a huge weight off of your shoulders. And it's not going to happen immediately. It will take some time. But taking that first step does help a lot.
0: And just because you talk about it one time don't mean that you... Can't talk about it again. I think for us, you and I, we keep repeating our trauma, and that is the biggest thing for us. Like it just randomly pop up, and then all of a sudden we start to remember. And it's okay to talk about it again and again and again and again and again until you're done, and you feel like you feel at peace. We have this big closet in our master bedroom, and whenever we're going through things, just randomly talk about our trauma like babe i don't know i don't just don't feel good like i can't work i like him and i like we'll literally just go in there turn off the lights and literally just sit on the floor and just cry it out
1: there's talk something about, about not being able to see the other person's face but just hear their voice that just allows you to just open up feel free Makes you want
0: to listen
1: yeah you don't feel like you're being judged do you feel like there's a soulmate for everybody in the world?
0: I believe so. I think that you and I are just a piece of, you know, pixie dust. And somehow the universe decided to form both of us together. And we're like.
1: Two peas in a pod. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's funny. We'll, couple we will sure. repeat each other's words. And that's powerful. Right. So if we're on set, we need something. It's like you almost know what that person's thinking. And our relationship was built off of creativity. Yep. Do you
0: We always think the same, guys.
1: At what point, since it was built off of you know creativity and our journey led us into being entrepreneurs and really wanted to follow our dreams, at what point did you know that you wanted to get into fashion i know as a kid growing up you love fashion but realistically we all work a nine to five job at what point did you we were like i want to get in front of the camera i want to put on clothes this is what really makes me happy
0: well just want to give a big shout out to you for believing in me because i didn't think that i was capable of pursuing what i'm doing right now he was definitely my biggest inspiration to want to keep going. He, give, he gives me strength every single day. Like, babe, just keep going. Because when I met you, I didn't have confidence. My biggest insecurity was my face, my teeth, my body. Like, I was constantly just judging myself. But when I met you, you taught me how to love myself. You taught me, babe, it's okay. You have beautiful eyes. You have beautiful smile. You have beautiful body. You don't have to be anybody, just yourself. And that's why I love you. And, oh, my God. Kimberly, we're talking about this. Aww. Oh, it's so sweet. But <laughs> honestly, I remember fashion was always my thing. I just couldn't afford it. And I remember working at H&M at this time. You and my other friend, I'm not going to mention her name because we're not friends anymore, unfortunately. But you you know who you are. But you and her were basically just like, yo, why don't you just... Get into fashion. You have beautiful style. Why don't you just do it? And I was like, I don't have confidence for that. Like, I don't know how to be in front of the camera. And that
1: was a lie. She was just afraid to take the leap of faith because this girl worked with Chrissy at H and M, and I would go to her job on her lunch breaks my lunch breaks and when I would get off of work and I would just see her, she would always be in the fitting room and she'd be like, babe, look at these clothes. I'm going to try them on. And I remember hearing people say, girl, you got good style.
0: Yeah. Even at, even at work, like people would always compliment me, but I just don't know how to receive it very well because I just didn't have confidence. The only thing that I know how to do is work nine to five job and get my money and walk out the door and relax I didn't think that my fashion was really going to get to that level until I moved to San Francisco. And seeing everyone style their clothes, I'm just motivated. I'm like, yo, this is so cool. I get 15% discount. And on top of that, like, on my breaks, I can just, like, put everything on hold and try it on. And, yeah, basically that's what I did. And thank God I listened to both of you guys. My first first photo shoot, (laughs) I would
1: never so what we ended up doing is we got fifty dollars we bought two three outfits that was not Chrissy's style she looked so uncomfortable in it but she still rocked it though she had this level of you know I got the clothes on they fit and you know that quote they say the clothes don't make you you make the clothes that was literally that moment and I remember you grueling me for years babe I can't believe you put me in those clothes
0: yeah I mean if I see the picture right now I'm for sure gonna like yo what happened because it's not my style it was my friend's style like she was putting me in that clothes and it didn't feel like myself so yeah Instagram came around and Tumblr was around and people were asking where I got my clothes from and I was like yo I think I do have some type of community here and Mm -hmm. I want to be able to inspire people and help people somehow
1: So you knew that social media was the way that you could share that story with the world. What were some of those struggles in the early days of social media? Because it is not what it is today with all these marketing gurus giving you all these tips and tricks and opportunities with millions of eyeballs at your disposal.
0: Well, you know, I was still trying to figure out my style back then. I don't know who I was and what I want to be. I don't know if I was a gothic girl emo girl girly girl or boutique girl or streetwear girl or minimalist style you know like I was still kind of like playing around to see where I really stand so I was okay to want to play around and explore what's 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 the word I'm looking for what's um what what sparks me yeah sorry about that but um I had a little brain fart but yeah I tried multiple styles and nothing worked and I was always constantly looking for inspiration I remember Tumblr was like my biggest you know outlet I'm like yo this is cool like this I could see so many different styles here but I was like how can I make that up and like, how can I afford that I can only buy everything at H&M and I did my homework and you know Having him by my side, it's like, you better do your homework. You better do your research. You want to get into it? You better you better do your homework. You got to put it in your time. So what I did back then was buy and return clothes. I saved up $500. He said, save up some money and buy and return clothes.
1: Let's go Dante talk, Chrissy finesse.
0: <laughs> he said, why don't you just buy and return clothes and we'll shoot it. And at this time you were into photography. You got a camera and it's like, let's go ahead and shoot some content. And from there, I was like, okay, let me go ahead and try it out. I was buying returning clothes from Nordstrom, um, Zara, H&M, Forever 21. And whenever I find things at thrift store, I'll just get it. But other than that, I try to just save that money as much as I can. There were times when I was walking to Forever 21, excuse me, ma'am, there is a stain here. You can't return it. And I'm like, damn, I messed up, I messed up. But that's that's my loss and then I started to figure out like, yo, you can actually like make money off of this thing. That's when I started to explore on Instagram. And I found this um, website called lookbook.new, I believe. And you see all of the bloggers out there and they have their websites and they be always looking, linking, not looking, linking their brands that they're rocking at that time. Mm -hmm. And what I would do is like, try to stalk them and see where they get it from. And I'm like, I'm tired of buying return clothes. Let me just go ahead and hit up some, some brands. I mean, at this point I already, I already had like 14,000 followers. I'm like, okay, I got a little community. I was so, so excited. And I'm not going to tell you, I wasn't very consistent. Cause again, I'm still trying to figure it out and how to make money, like how to pay my bills.
1: Looking back at it, it felt like you were though, because I remember we would shoot three to five outfits the days that we would do photo shoots and we were it doing was, the photo shoots at least one to three times a week.
0: It was very stressful because there were times that he would shoot me. And then all of a sudden I would just be like, I don't like this. I don't like, he's still trying to figure out how to shoot me, my angles. And I, I don't like this background. Let's go change it. And we'll just move around to the point. Where I'm like, I'm crying. And I'm like, I'm going home. I don't want this photos. So and this is never going to be seen at all.
1: Like, Chrissy had a minimal face and it was the most difficult things to find backgrounds because it was either white or cement. And we, didn't want to shoot at the same locations all I the time. Very
0: particular. I'm like, I want this because I'm like seeing everything on. I'm like, like, yo, there's some science to this. This is like crazy. Like her outfit looks nice in this background, but the moment she's in the brick wall, it's just going to like, eh. <laughs> so you have to, you know what I mean? There's science to that. So, Yeah, I started to learn about it, did my research. And then you said, why don't you just email brands? I think at this point, they would just give it to you for free instead of buying and return clothes. Because at this point, it was eating up our freaking gas and transportation. And then my $500 now down to $50 because of all that transportation that I was making and the energy and time. But yeah, from there...
1: What did that look like when you were emailing brands?
0: I would basically take a time off like a few hours of my day and really just dedicated to just doing my research on lookbook.new go on bloggers account their website and go to the brand's website and find their contacts and just say hey my name is Chrissy I'm a fashion blogger from San Francisco would love to work with you in exchange for you know exposure and photos and all that stuff and I would just copy and paste that. And I remember there was a time I was like doing all of my research. And the next day I would like copy and paste or even on my like times when I'm, I'm on my break or like, you know, going to BART, going on the train, go, going to work. I remember just by like, I was just emailing it. Right. And I would send about a hundred per day to the point like no one is replying back to me i don't think it's working they probably think this is a scam or whatever so at one point i saw this brand called hell's bells just want to give a big shout out to hell's bells they're not around anymore but they were elite back then all right they were the one but yeah denise denise dang no not denise dang but it was her name is denise she worked there and I bought something on their website. It was on sale again. I was broke. Like, I'm like, I'm still trying to get their attention somehow. And like, I don't like their style. So I bought something on sale section and we shot it right there by the thrift store in Hayward and by the fans. Remember that? Yep. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like I'm doing a little photo shoot pretending like this is like they gifted it to me. But no, I actually bought it myself. And I posted it on Instagram and I got their attention and they were like, Oh my god, thank you so much for, you know, buying our stuff. We appreciate it. I said, you know, you guys are welcome to showcase my photos on your profile if you want to. And from there they were like, Oh, we want to give you some stuff. I'm like, Ah, I just hear this is gonna be my first brand deal. This is insane. And that was the story with my is very first paid? one. That wasn't paid, that was just I call it brand deal. Like it was a deal. It was a big deal for me. Okay. That was like,
1: that was a pivotal moment. Yeah. I remember that. That really gave us gas in the tank to move forward. And
0: then from there I was just, yeah, I started reaching out to more brands and obviously no one was replying back. And somehow I was gaining my followers at that time and got to work with Boohoo for free. I got to work with Pretty Little Thing for free. I got to work with like Fashionova Nova and, um, Monier um, there was other brands, but there were like more boutique style, like um Lulu's um there were some Simi many. shoes. Simi shoes. I love their heels, by the way, but it was just gifting to the point where I was like, Oh, I love this photo shoot. I was like, you know, exploring my style. It was free, but at the same time I started to like realize my worth and I'm like, yo, why am I doing this for free for it? Like I can make money off this thing. So what I did at that time, since I didn't have enough followers, I would, everything that I was getting for free, I would just post it on Depop or sell it at Buffalo Exchange and make money off of that. And whatever money I'm making, I can go ahead and invest into more, you know, like Adobe Premiere or like other things for whatever photo shoots that we need, lights or batteries or paying my bills or somehow, and I remember we would go to Buffalo Exchange like crazy so we can pay rent. And I was paying rent a lot of times at that time. So, yeah, that's literally how I started. And I don't regret any of that.
1: Do you remember what your first paid brand deal was?
0: Pacsun, you remember Pacsun? That was the first paid brand deal? The very first deal? one. No way. Yeah. Wow. It was crazy.
1: Was it really?
0: Yeah, it was Paxson.
1: What was that feeling like when you got paid from Paxson, a brand that we would always shop at?
0: I wouldn't say always shop at, but I was always see it because, you know, I couldn't afford it. That's fair. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it was definitely like on my mood board. I'm like, yo, one day I'm going to be able to work with you. But... I think it just takes a lot of time and sacrifice and really like you can't get in your head and think you're the shit. Like you have to constantly humble yourself and think that this is part of you. This is your journey and there is no time and there is no step by step on how to get there. You just have to figure it out on your own. Like my whole life I've been doing that and I feel like at this point I'm an
1: expert. <laughs> I'm a pro at figuring it out.
0: Yeah, I just. Going with the flow and following my gut. Like, most of the time, I have a good sense of, like, picking out energy. Like, I know who's good for you. I know who's not good for you. Like really good
1: intuition. Yeah. So, from that point, when you're at H&M, up until, I want to say, 2020, that was six years of nonstop grinding.
0: Let me tell you this. I have to sacrifice... So when I was working at H and M, you were doing production. You were shooting music video because we came from doing fashion lookbooks to getting recognized by our fashion lookbooks to getting hired to do music videos to doing your own production company because you want to start shooting videos, music videos with other artists. And I have to basically sacrifice and leave my job so that way I can help him because I. Would love to. I want to learn how to shoot content or just learn about lighting and how to edit videos and how to be a leader. And I want to soak all the game from you. So much game. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead and sacrifice. And at this point, we said, you know what? I think we did the math and everything. I said, yo, I think we can literally make money off of just doing music videos. Leave your job. Let's do this. Start doing it. And then, boy, let me tell you. You think shooting a music video was easy? You think it was a lot of money? I don't think so. Our first start was like, what, $200 or $250? Yeah,
1: $250 between four people.
0: Yeah. But because it was just, like, we're so passionate about it. Like, the money just, even though it didn't make sense at that time, it just felt so right knowing, like, yo, we're getting recognized by so many people in the Bay. This is crazy. And now, you know what I mean? People are going to start telling them about us and we're going to have more opportunities on the way. So that was like our hope, like you know, we're going to have more opportunities the moment we start to network with people. So yeah, I was mostly the creative director, photographer behind the scene and like assistant. If I ever need someone to style, then now I'm willing to do so for free. But most of the time I'm like, yo, this is crazy.
1: We went through a lot. Yeah. At what point do you feel like your social media career started to take off, though?
0: When I started to said, you know what? This is it. I went to Yosemite. <laughs> went to Yosemite, and I just had this moment of myself. Like, I have this epiphany. I remember I was looking at this beautiful mountain in Yosemite. I sat myself down there, and I just said, yo, girl, like, you've been sacrificing so many years And helping out Dante on his own thing. Don't you want to feel like you want to help him out somehow? Don't you want to feel like he's proud of you somehow? Like, it's good that you're helping him out. But at the same time, don't you want to have your own thing? So I started to realize, I'm like, you know what? After this trip, I'm going to go back home and start writing everything down. All my goals and what I want to do and how I'm going to be able to do it. Because at this point, I'm... I'm already capable the only thing that's stopping me is me i have the tools to make it happen i have the confidence to make it happen i have you by my side and i have my fashion to back me up so it's like why am i nice like, sipping on myself for like my potential so i said you know what enough is enough i'm gonna go ahead and start shooting content so i told him i said babe I need you to shoot five different outfits. I have clothes from pretty little thing. I'll just work what I got. And at that time, I have like, schedule. Remember that? I have like, my whiteboard and everything. I have my notebook. I'm like, okay, Monday, we're going to shoot. And then I'm going to start posting every single day and start engaging on my stories. And from there, I started gaining more followers. And I remember we would just go thrifting when I couldn't find any more clothes. That was, like, my motivation. And you were excuse me, you were selling cameras at that time. So when I'm, when I have a long time at their store, I would always just constantly look for like clothes to buy for myself. Like it could be accessories, it could be shoes, it could be jackets or anything like that. But, oh, that was very weird. That was that sound. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard that. Sorry, we we'll cut that out. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. And I remember... When we would go to the thrift store, there was only one jacket that I I just always get my attention, and I'm just like, "Yo, this is crazy." And by the way, in the production side, I was always wearing comfy clothes, streetwear clothes, because I was damn near like affiliated with a lot of music artists at this point. So I'm like, my style was definitely streetwear, so that was definitely my inspiration, and also. I got to give my sister's credit for that too because of them wearing street wears back in the day when I was a kid, hey. you know, now I'm here doing streetwear stuff.
1: Do you but feel like that was your glow up era?
0: Glow up era.
1: Yeah, I feel like everyone has a glow up era and I feel like because you said it, you did Bohemian chic. You did <laughs> the blogger style with the hat and the boots. You did punk rock. I would say dressy. that was
0: Experimenting era for me. That was still kind of playing around
1: when you found your streetwear style. When
0: I found the streetwear style, because I was still kind of like, how would I be able to, you know, have this style, but at the same time have the same energy style? You get what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. it's easy to just find someone who like you get inspiration from, motivation from, but if their energy doesn't align with their styles, just
1: yeah, that's true. you got to
0: get out of here. So I was constantly trying to figure out like what moves me, what makes me alive. And I feel like just me being myself is enough for people to even like, yo, Chrissy, like you're, you're amazing. You're such a humble person. And I love hearing that because again, you don't know what I went through. What I went through was enough for me to realize life humbles me. You know what I mean? I feel like my life back in the day before this time around, I was probably ungrateful and always loud and unappreciative. So I feel like being in this era of my life right now, I'm just like, yo, chill girl. Got to do this right. So, yeah, I think what motivates me the most though was definitely just being able to see people who I change their life somehow. Their style my motivation quotes on instagram and my story that's what makes me move that's what makes me want to get up in the morning and be so passionate about what i do because what i do when i wake up i'm blessed blessed to be able to be able to, to inspire people all around the world
1: that was powerful and that is that really does speak to you and it's weird because social media does allow us to be creative express ourselves but a lot of people want that life but I think the thing that holds them back is lack of confidence what advice do you have for those people who are contemplating social media but don't know how to get out of that shell
0: well it takes practice it took me a long time to say hey my name is Chrissy I'm a fashion blogger don't forget to like comment subscribe like literally your little sister has this video of me crying when i was she was when she was doing her project i don't know if you remember that and then she wanted to know my story and i ended up crying but no it was crazy i was constantly repeating myself back to back and i don't know how you dealt with me at that time it took a lot of me it took a lot of just looking at myself in the mirror and said you know what girl you don't got to be anyone else but you. You can't be Kylie Jenner. You can't be Kim K. They got all the money that they have right now. But look at you. You have everything too. The only thing that's missing is money. Like, But don't let money change you. You got to just be you.
1: And so I was a support system for you. But if you could coach yourself, coaching yourself to be great at something, confidence takes repetition, consistency. What does that routine look like for you? I know sometimes you say it's, dancing in the mirror with music on, practicing your YouTube speeches. What are some of those exercises and practices that you would do as a ritual, just do daily?
0: By watching videos and just getting some game out of it. And I'm just like, kind of somehow mimic it. And I'm like, yo, I like that type of energy. I like the way they talk. I'm going to go ahead and do that. But when I start talking like them, I'm like, yo, I don't sound like me. (laughs) So I just talk like me like at the end of the day what's stopping me why do i have to become them when i can just be me i'm on this earth for a reason and my purpose here is to have a voice and tell my story so that way i can inspire people and the only way for me to do that is to just be myself no one else can be myself but me
1: that's a really good point because i remember when we were doing loaded up we were surrounded by a lot of fun, vibrant, comedic people. And that really did help me be more confident. So just being more observational and not dismissive of what is around you, what people are doing or saying. Because if somebody is standing on a stage talking and you're like, oh, I'm afraid of doing that, I would never do that. Instead of saying, I would never do that, just ask yourself, how are they doing that? How could I be like that?
0: I remember, I mean, think about it, 10 years ago, We've been together for damn near almost almost 14 years. But 10 years ago, I didn't know how to talk in front of the camera. This is crazy. I have three cameras in front of me and I'm totally fine because I'm just being me. Like what is there to hide? My story is meant to be heard. It's meant to inspire people.
1: And that's beautiful. I've been able to see your journey really just take off. And a lot of people say that. In order for you to be successful, something most businesses, companies, people usually fall off, give up after the five-year mark. So if you started being on social media, let's just say 2014, to be fair, right? The 2019, and there's this pivotal moment right before the pandemic that happens, and TikTok comes out. So at first, you were just on Instagram, and I feel like you were stuck at 14,000 followers. You were inconsistent on YouTube, but you were having fun documenting your life. How did this new social media platform elevate who you are today?
0: Well, before I answer that, let me, let me just give you this little story, okay? When I had 19,000 followers on Instagram, I got invited to go to L.A., okay? This time we were, what, we only had our Honda Civic. And I took the initiative to want to come out here to L.A., and I said, babe, this is my first event. I want to be able to network with people. I was so excited to meet people and influences I see online, Nikita, like all this makeup artists. This right? was
1: a big event. This was yeah. a pretty little thing coming to America for the first time with a huge collaboration with Kourtney Kardashian. There were celebrities everywhere Floyd Mayweather was there, uh, Kendall Jenner was in the building. Celebrities, it's crazy. Everywhere.
0: But yeah, I got this beautiful outfit. I got my beret hat, that black leather beret hat. I don't know if you remember that. that and an then iconic I was like, thing. got this red knee-high boots that I got from like semi-shoes or whatever. Or like pretty little thing. And like my outfits are little from pretty little thing because we just came from a showroom.
1: Mm-hmm. That was all new for us. Yeah, it was
0: all new. I was like, whoa, this
1: is crazy. There's
0: a little showroom getting free clothes. That was insane. And again, it wasn't, you know... I wasn't getting paid. I was just invited to go there. So, drove or did we drove or yeah, we, we took
1: a flight? Oh, we took a flight. Well, we stayed at Motel 6 and right we, around the corner in Hollywood.
0: Yes, yo. That was crazy. Motel 6. I will never forget. And that was not the f- very first time I stayed at Motel
1: 6. And We weren't doing social media full time yeah. at that time.
0: So, I was like, "Maybe we should just find a place that's a little bit closer we don't have to take an Uber to get there." Come to find out it was only 2 blocks away. Next thing you know, I get in there. I was like, yo, this is dope. There's free drinks. There was, yeah. There
1: was hookahs.
0: Hookahs. There was a lot of beautiful people in there. And I'm just like, yo, I see you online. This is my first time seeing you in person. But I started to realize, yo, not every influencer you see online are actually nice.
1: Just not every person that you see.
0: Like their personality just, ooh.
1: So there was one person in particular, though. That's why you're telling this story.
0: Yeah. Well, there was this agency girl. I don't remember who she is. But if you're watching this right now, you remember who I am, right? Three cameras here. Okay. (laughs) just want to let you know that I'm doing totally fine here, okay? But anyways, this girl came up to me. Oh, my God. You look so cute. I love your outfit. Where did you get it from? I said it's actually from Pearl Little Thing. I got it from the showroom and she was like oh my god what's your Instagram you have an Instagram I'm like of course I have an Instagram let me show you show her my Instagram keep in mind I only had 19,000 followers and then she goes come back to me when you have like 100,000 followers I left after that I just didn't have the motivation to even want to be there because I just didn't feel like I fit in like Yo, I'm literally getting invited to this event. I only have 19,000 followers and all of these beautiful people in front of me have millions of followers. Like, what am I doing here? So I just felt dumb. So I went back, took a shower, took my makeup off. I was crying. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this girl literally just ruined my whole entire trip. And then that was literally like, you know what? I am going to go ahead and prove you wrong, girl, one day. So that's that was my motivation. That was a fuel. I was like, you know what? Keep going, girl. Don't stop.
1: Yeah, because you heard that in your head constantly. And using that, the incident that happened at Yosemite, I definitely remember us living in with my parents. We threw away our bed. We're living on a mat at this point. See, I think a lot of people see us today, whether you're meeting us for the first time or you've kind of known us, but you don't really know our story, that you just assume that we just ended up in this position. That mm-hmm. Oh, wow, we have community of followers and we're so talented with our craft but that's really not the truth like we really grinded we worked hard and we moved with intention and we just figured out ways to reinvent ourselves and just kept soaking up game and just was really a student of the game and just kept learning as we went and I remember this pivotal moment that you were like tiktok's here your nieces my sisters are like guys you guys got to get on tiktok you were one of the first people that I can recall that was doing transitions on fashion. Do you feel like your streetwear style with the combination of transitions set your TikTok audience on fire and you were able to just garnish 50,000 followers, 100,000 to 300,000 followers?
0: My first video on TikTok was me dancing on New Year's. I was doing the little like hip walk. And with my nieces at their house, at their old house. Remember I that? remember that. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. And people would ask like where I got my clothes from. Like, yo, this is from pearl pretty little thing. And we started doing transition and I was like, yo, this is crazy. I think I have, I wasn't even doing transition yet. I was doing threaded grills. I was marketing and I was wearing those yeah, Nascar jackets, jackets and Nascar shirts. And people would always ask, where did you get it from? And that's when we started you started to invest into my shoes because all of my shoes are literally sponsored by Tay Tay, okay? Like, I don't remember buying my own shoes, if anything, probably just a pair of- well, like
1: Haley gave you your first Jordans first that you used Jordan. in the video. Yes. It was red like, shout out white. to Haley.
0: Yes. And, you know, I remember, I mean, back in the day when I was working in Christmas, that was like, yeah, my thing. Like, I was buying- I was save, saving up that money, and then I would go to the Foot Locker and literally get in line with my ex-best friend at that time and buy it.
1: You know they have that picture? There's two people on top and the bottom. There's a guy digging with a pickaxe. Mm-hmm. One guy is just keep going. He's almost there to the gold. Another guy was this close to the gold, and he gave up. You put in that work for almost seven years, wasn't doing it full-time, relentlessly and finally it starts to pay off for you and you start to see everything and all of that hard work because you didn't give up
0: you know what's crazy it's actually it feels like it's a circle moment you know what i'm saying Full like circle moment yeah, yeah i was able to work with h&m and i used to work at h&m i used to shop at forever 21 and i got to work with forever 21 i used to shop and get in line at Foot Locker. i got to work with them I got to work with so many brands that I don't even regret. You don't understand? Those are all my dream brands that I, I was able to just connect. It's crazy just be like that was my story back then. That was like all of my hard work and all of my investment is finally coming back to me. Like, again, God is watching over us. Like, you just got to stay humble and stay hungry. That's you a divine timing. You really can't have this big ego and brag about your life and you know for us like our main thing is our main source is just always constantly helping people out but now this year I'm starting to realize that helping people out is a good thing but don't forget about yourself Mm -hmm. so I am slowly just taking a step back not too much though just a tiny bit I'm still here I'm still posting consistently but now how I used to I used to freaking do a photo shoot three times a week and post every single day in yeah. every social media and it started to make me feel so weak and depleted and I started to lose myself and I was like constantly like just grinding and grinding that I feel like I wasn't growing because the only thing I know how to do was just The same style. So I had to like step back to really realize that I have more potential than that. I have so many things.
1: And you unlock that potential. You've been able to work with brands like Jumpman, Ugg. You've been able to design your own fashion collection with Amazon. You've even done a global campaign and been featured in Times Square with forever 21 and the lakers which are all huge accomplishments and i know a lot of people are watching this and the big thing about social media is making things relevant and of course this is so much game so what tips do you have for creators that maybe they do have an audience maybe they're just starting out but how do they work with brands because i feel like that could be such an intimidating thing you have to read the briefs you have to know how to reach out to them and know if you're even asking the right amount of money so how do you work with brands
0: well you know our era was a little bit different at that time when i started blowing up that was like two three years ago but now with social media it's a little bit different there's more like there's so much game for you out there but I feel like people are so distracted with just scrolling and scrolling to the point that they don't even know what to do with their life. They're just so overwhelmed. But I really feel like you just have to learn how to discipline yourself and really sat yourself down and tell yourself like, what do you want to do? What is your goal? You're not just here. You want to shoot content just so you can gain followers. Like For me, when I was trying to just Gain followers, I didn't get nothing out of it. So if you have a purpose to why are you doing this, then I feel like it makes sense for you to just follow your heart. For me, like I have to learn to, I'm not just going to go ahead and gain followers. I want to be able to inspire people. That was my motivation to
1: inspire people. But what are your tips for working with brands?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I got lost in the socio. (laughs) Work with brands. Honestly, (laughs) make sure that when you are reaching out to brands, it's something that you're already doing, not outside the box. If there's something that you want to be able to work with, like let's say Jordan or like UGG, like that is your dream. Like, why don't you just go ahead and email them and let them know, hey, I'm a fashion blogger from this and that. I'm not trying to ask for money, but I just want to be able to connect with you and make a relationship that way.
1: And Do you think it's more powerful to reach out to brands through the email or the DM?
0: I would say DM because the people on the DM are the ones that are like constantly reading customers feedback or like oh I didn't get my my clothes yet or my returns or you know they're always constantly have someone who's on social media and whoever that person is probably stalking you and like yo this person got good style we should hire them and they don't know they're worth. Yeah. So they're not going <laughs> to, you know what I mean? Like they're not going to know how much we should be charging or we should give them the money too. So I feel like you just, I mean, there's so many education out there for you. It's just really up to you.
1: Chrissy is not the marketing guru person. I am. So if you yes. want to reach out to brands and it, We've built each other up in different ways. Chrissy's been there to style me, build me up in confidence and help me to be a better director on camera. And I feel like I've helped her navigate how to work with brands. So in those early days, we would compile lists, hundreds of brands by going to trade show websites, like you were saying, looking at bloggers' websites, finding all these different contact informations. Now there's Chrome extensions that you can use. You can find people on LinkedIn. And you really just have to be good at Planning seeds and that's what i told chrissy i said if you can email or dm at least 20 to 50 brands a day that's enough seeds they may not say yes right now but at least have you on their radar yeah. they might put you on a mood board because a lot of the brands that chrissy's been able to work with i've been able to read over her contracts or been in those meetings with her and we will literally ask how did you find her oh well we've wanted to work with you for a year now We just needed to find the right time to work with you. So just be patient. You really don't know
0: who's watching
1: you you because it might not be the Jumpman account, but it might be somebody who works at Jumpman with 500 followers who is your biggest fan.
0: Or someone in the table right now sitting next to the marketing guru from Jumpman and say, hey, yo, look at Christy's style. This is so dope. You really just never know who's watching. So... Always be yourself online, no matter what. No matter if it's not the most Instagramable, aesthetically pleasing, just be you and show who you are, even if you're having a hard time. Like when I had my apartment, you know, go down. When I'm talking about it was flooded all over my apartment, almost messed up all of my shoes. I showed that part of me and I wasn't afraid to show that part of me. You know, it's okay. You, you don't have to be always perfect. You know, I'm grinding. I'm working now. no makeup on. I'm still shooting content. You know, always showing who I am.
1: How do you find personal style? How would you explain to somebody who was like, Chrissy, I suck at putting on clothes. I can never find something that I feel comfortable in.
0: Well, I always say this to my community because my style is streetwear, right? So it's very manly. It's very like unisex. Fashion does not have a gender. You can wear whatever you want. It doesn't matter if you're wearing male clothes and you're a female. It's okay. You're going to rock it better than them anyways. You know, you just going to own it. You got to own it. You got to rock it like you own it, like it's you. My style is completely different from everyone else and i think that's the beauty of it i love red like who really loves red you know what i'm saying like a lot of girls love pink and white and black and cream i love red because it's speaks so much about me and what my personality is you know what i mean i'm a tourist so like i'm for sure gonna love red like i have a bull i have two horns right here <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would say just rock it, like, just try to experiment, like, experiment with different kind of style, and see what you feel comfortable in, and once you find that, then just try to enhance it, and just keep playing around with it, you know, I feel like I can rock anything at this point, because it's in me, it's part of me, it's the confidence that's helping me style my clothes at this point, it's not about what clothes I'm rocking, like, You can give me a skirt and I can find some way to, like, style it up in a beautiful way. I
1: think that's what's the beautiful thing about fashion is that it really has no borders. What works for you might not work for the next person. And if you see somebody rocking something that you would never wear, you really can't judge that person because they might be confidently them.
0: Exactly. I mean, you see someone, like, crossing the street, you're like, oh, I kind of know who you are already by the way you're wearing your clothes. You know know what they say? Like, oh, the first thing you see is your shoes. Mm -hmm. That's that's true. Because I've been looking at everyone's shoes. I'm like, oh. (laughs) I know who you are. I know what you're going to be today. Like, I feel like clothes have different characters and different personalities that can bring to you, different moods. So if you're very angry today, you're probably just mostly going to wear black because you're just probably aggravated the whole day. You just don't want to be seen. But if you're, like, very bubbly, you would love to wear white, everything colorful. My house is very minimalist style, by the way, if you don't know. I like everything clean and fresh.
1: Do you think that social media ruins fashion?
0: I don't think so. If anything, it helped me. It gave me inspiration to make my own, but At some point, yes. But for me, for myself, I don't think so.
1: You said yes, can you touch upon that? Do you think it's more because of trends going in and out or?
0: I feel like trends go in and out, even if there's no social media, we have magazines. Back in the day, we have TVs, entertainment. It's all around us. I feel like, yes, because we are definitely wasting more clothes um yes because there's more competition yes because it's hard to be seen if you are a new to this game and if you don't have a story to tell if you want to get into a clothing brand like your own personal brand like it's going to be hard for you You really have to have a story to tell and know what the heck you're doing you're not just here like oh yeah i'm trying to sell my shirt like this is not a street game. This is like social media game. This internet.
1: Who's some of your style inspirations?
0: Riri. I said that proudly and loudly. She's my inspiration because she's also an immigrant just like me. And she came from a place where she had to adapt and learn how to become herself. And because of her experience and her story, it gave her the power. And that's basically how I am and what I am now. My story gave me confidence. If I didn't have a story, I'm like, oh my God, what did she do? You know what I'm saying? Like, anyone who talks to me, I mean, Vanny the Pink, just want to give a big shout out to Vanny the Pink. He's wearing Vanny the Pink varsity jacket right now. When I sat down with, her, with them, they were like, yo, Chris, I didn't even know your story. This is crazy. But. Yeah, I mean, it's all about story. It
1: is all about story. They have one hell of a story, and I respect it.
0: If you're here trying to (laughs) throw up, like, clothing brand, you want to start your own clothing brand, do it with intention. Don't do it for the money Mm -hmm. because it's not going to go the right way.
1: (laughs) You think if social media disappeared, would you still be in fashion?
0: I would say so. I love fashion. I feel like it's in me. I just need more tools. Honestly, if I have the tools, I can make it work. And even if I didn't have the tools, I was able to make it work. I work with what I got.
1: If you could choose one piece of fashion, could it be a hat, shoes, jewelry, what would that one thing be to just set the outfit off?
0: Honestly. Give me a baggy jacket, like anything, like a leather leather jacket, a NASCAR jacket, Mm. any, like any jacket, any coats.
1: You would choose a jacket over the sneakers?
0: Yeah. (laughs) I can literally wear my jacket with anything, shoes, heels, boots,
1: slippers. That's a good point. I like that. Yeah. What would I choose?
0: What would you choose?
1: It would either have to be a hat or shoes, to be honest. Probably shoes. I could wear whatever, but as long as my shoes, that's the statement piece for me. But you, I know you love your jackets. You like to be cozy. I like
0: to be cozy. I mean, it's just me. It, it's part of me at this point because of mm-hmm. my era of doing the NASCAR jackets and the baggy bag T-shirts. It's like I can wear baggy clothes and it's going to look like a dress. <laughs>
1: What's your dream collaboration?
0: Oh my God. I love this question. Have you seen that on TikTok? I love yeah. this question. <laughs> yeah, I'm literally doing that. Um, my biggest brand that I want to be able to work with, definitely Jumpman. I was able to work with them, but I would love to have my own shoe collection with them. And that's going to be dedicated to all the Asian community and the Filipino community. And just women in general, I feel like sneakers are always just meant to be for men's and all the men's are so mad at us because we're rocking in better than them and we're mad because you guys are constantly stealing all of our sizes. So I feel like if there is a way that I can provide and help and shape that community and make it into a positive, you know, community, I would love to be able to work with Jumpman because I feel like that is part of me i feel like i've been moving around with story to tell and i feel like my shoes was definitely a big part of that i feel like i started glowing up and blowing up because of all my sneakers like so
1: jump man if you're watching this she has an amazing story hit her up dm's emails open You know what's interesting? We've always talked about the shoe that you want to design, and I don't want to say it, but it's crazy because if you look at your outfit right now, it's literally the materials and colors that you want to use for your shoe. We can talk about it. We can give them a little sneak peek. We don't want to give them ideas. Just, yet you know, somebody might come along. Travis Scott might be like, oh,
0: yeah, (laughs) something like that. But
1: okay, this brings me on to our section of the show called Gamify. Oh my god! a series. It's so much game. What would a, you didn't a tell show me about called so much game be without a game?
0: You know what's crazy? He told me that, hey, you're going to come and tell your story. I didn't think that was going to be a game. A game?
1: You have 60 seconds Oh my god! <laughs> to answer all of these questions. <laughs>
0: what if I get it wrong? What? We-
1: There's no wrong answer to any okay, of these is questions. Is this like
0: a yes or no type?
1: It's or a yes I or no. Th- and if you feel like giving an explanation of one sentence, go ahead.
0: 60 seconds? All right. Time
1: it. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Time starts now. Sneakers or heels? Sneakers. What was that? Sneakers. Is it wrong to wear socks with sandals? Yes. Is it okay to wear Nike socks with Vans?
0: I think that's okay.
1: Vintage or modern clothes?
0: Vintage.
1: Is it better to be rich or famous? you got me this oh my god
0: come on okay hold on or famous i would want to become rich so i can help my family
1: good answer should pajamas be accepted as regular outdoor attire
0: yes i would rock that you see me walking around early trying on pajamas back to back
1: do pineapples belong on pizza yes is a hot dog a sandwich
0: say hot dog
1: (laughs) (laughs) last question what do you want to say to the millions of people you've impacted
0: i love you and thank you so much for believing in me and i hope that i get to meet you in real life and give you a big hug
1: guys huge shout out to you if you got to the end of this episode this is really special to me because one this is one of the first episodes that i have a guest on for so much and this
0: is my first time
1: I started this show because I want to empower and tell the stories of creatives, entrepreneurs, so that we can lay down the foundation and the game for all of you. Because it has been given to us, and now it's time to pass that along. Chrissy's somebody who is very spiritual, creative, talented, super fashionable. And when it comes to relationship advice, life just being the creator of your own life and mastering that she's the person to give that advice and give that game. So that's why I brought her on here. Thank you so much for joining me today.
0: Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me here. This is my, your first time. This is my first time. So this is very special. And I hope that you guys got something out of that. If not, then move on. I would love to hear your story (laughs) and how you started with your own and I, yeah, I can't wait for that. When are you going to have that?
1: Soon. who's somebody that you want to see on the podcast?
0: I would love to see Bretman Rock here. I love his stories and I love the fact that he's Filipino.
1: I would love to interview Bretman Rock. I would that love would to
0: dope. see Desi Perkins here. I would love to see Riri in here. Yeah, my baby girl. That's my baby girl. She
1: got to be here. know me. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, make sure to hit the like button, drop a comment down below and let me know who you would like to see on the show. And if you have any questions for Chrissy, we'll make sure that we answer those on another video. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. If you haven't already hit your notification button so that you get notified every single time we upload. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or iHeartRadio, make sure you follow like this. Also drop a comment. Stay tuned to the next episode. My name is Dante Catlett. I'm out.
0: So much game, baby. That should be the intro. Right. Huh?
1: <laughs> Let's go, first
0: episode,
1: no! done and done, baby. How did I do? You did an amazing job. Yeah, I really in the really beginning, good. I was like, oh. <laughs>